Alright, we're starting a new series. Who loves my series? We're starting a new series today. It's going to be the first installment of the new series. A mini-series, I think. We've probably got about three elements to it. So, um, I'm excited about uh, bringing it to you today. But um, Okay, guys, you can go then. Let's give them a hand. I just want to honour all our service teams throughout the church from kids church worship team our our guys on the sound desk and lighting and all those who come together to make church work we really need to honor them when's the last time you went to someone on the coffee uh on the coffee cart said thank you because they're here at 8 a.m in the morning and they're here at until you're all gone at uh you know 12 o'clock so let's honor them today again let's give them a real honor and say thank you it's so good to have people who are dedicating their time and their talent to serve each other. It's, it's what God wants us to do. But um, I want to encourage you over this course of this new series to get yourself uh, reignited in the Word of God. And uh, so I, I got one of these this morning, got it up here with me. Grab the Word for today and use it every day. It's a great tool to help you to uh, discipline your life in reading the Bible and uh, applying the Word of God into your life. So I encourage you, the Word of today is awesome. I love it. I've been using it for a long, long time. Uh, I don't know, probably close to 20 years now. And I find it always encouraging and always clear to help me with uh, where things are at in my life. So if it works for me, it will work for you. It's simple, but it's great. So get into that. Um, but uh, I want us to start this series and, and really start to... Uh, see some things that maybe we've never seen before. Second Timothy 3 verse 16 about the Word of God. It says, All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true, to make us realize what's wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we're wrong and teaches us to do what is right. That's what the Word of God does for you. It, uh, it's, a, it's a powerful tool that will create within you an environment, an atmosphere that God can work through. And I guess that's uh, the whole aim of being a disciple is to allow uh, Jesus to do the changes in us. But I want to give you a, uh, uh, just before I go on, Pastor Josh is uh, in Port Augusta this morning. He's preaching at Port Augusta Church and then he's, uh, he spoke at Port Piri last night at, a, at a, an event there and he's also preaching again at Port Piri tonight. So pray for, for Josh. He's uh, um, doing the traveling evangelist thing this weekend. So um, just be praying for him, upholding him as he uh, goes and preaches to those places. But um, I'm going to give you a disclaimer up front. Uh, and I love my disclaimers. It's how to bore the church in one easy sermon is to preach on the temple or the tabernacle. And in fact, in Bible college, they would make jokes on uh, preachers or, or preaching uh, when you talked about those subjects. And uh, it was a, a common uh, little in-house joke that we had if someone was preaching from the, the temple or the tabernacle. Well, today you're going to get a dose of that. Over the next few weeks, you're going to get a dose of it. But the temple... Uh, we need to realize and understand the Temple of Solomon in Jerusalem. It's a metaphor. And that means it identifies hidden similarities of your spiritual life, the church, and the world. So when we talk about the temple, it's, it's, it's got a, a, a hidden similarities in that in your life. There's hi hidden similarities in the temple um, that, that apply to the church. 
And so there's great wealth of knowledge that we can uh, understand and, and learn from when we, when we see revelation from the Word of God regarding the temple. So um, we've got to understand the temple gives details of our lives and how to live better and healthier spiritually. Who's in for all that? Who wants to get better? I pray that you all do. So Jesus had this to say about spiritual life. And so I always want us to make sure that if we're talking about Old Testament things, that we incorporate all that into a package uh, back into the today, how to apply it to our life and our relationship with the Lord, our relationship with Jesus. It's not like, well, we talk about all this stuff and go down all these tracks and then forget, how do we apply this to today and my walk with the Lord? So I want to bring it all back to that as we go through this series. But this is what Jesus had to say about spiritual living. Matthew chapter 12, verse 33, exactly the same words are found in Luke chapter 6. A tree is identified by its fruit. If a tree is good, its fruit will be good. If a tree is bad, its fruit will be bad. So the aim is that we develop and produce good things out of the relationship we have with Jesus. That's the aim. That's what we should be aiming for. So your life is meant to resemble a beautiful garden, producing good things, the gold of a healthy heart and soul. Um, yet we have a choice. Do we want to produce a ramshackle hut, if we use that as a different kind of an illustration? A ramshackle hut or a temple filled with treasure? So do we, don't want to, we don't want to have a spiritual life that resembles some planks of timber that we just found laying around and some bits of plastic and some other stuff you know, knocked up together or a temple filled with treasure. And so I told the, the, the earlier service, choose the temple. That's a choice that, that you can make today. Choose to be a temple full of treasure that brings glory to Jesus who gave you the the salvation. So I'm introducing the this, this series this morning, Solomon's Gold. And uh, it, it starts with Second Chronicles 1 verse 15. And the king here is King Solomon. The king made silver and gold as plentiful in Jerusalem as stone and valuable cedar timber was as common as the sycamore fig trees that grow in the foothills of Judah. See, Solomon's kingdom represents opulence, prosperity, fame, excess, overabundance. Gold was a standard currency in Solomon's kingdom. See, Jesus has something to say to the church in Revelation who thought they were rich. It's the church of Laodicea. They're also the church that, that, that was lukewarm. And it says you were neither hot nor cold, and we all know... You know what Jesus said to that church, and it's the same church that Jesus is talking to here. This is what it, what what it says about them. You say, "I am rich. I have everything I want. I don't need a thing." And you don't realize that you are wretched and miserable and poor, blind and naked. So I advise you to buy gold from me, gold that has been purified by fire then you'll be rich also buy white garments from uh, from me so you'll be so you will not be ashamed by your nakedness 
and ointment for your eyes so you'll be able to see. See, the spiritual gold that Jesus is talking about is the workings of the Holy Spirit. It's the workings of the Word of God in our lives. The visible expression of obedience and faith in Jesus. There's no such thing as an invisible work of God in our lives. It may be invisible uh, to, to others, but, but it's going to be visible to someone else. So there are things in God that, that when He starts to work, when the Holy Spirit begins to do something in our lives, that there is an expression of that outside of us that cannot be hidden. So I'm going to give you some, some things that happen. There are things that happen as the Holy Spirit works. They're like gold. The world needs to see that in you and needs to see that in the church. So the world is looking for an answer. The world around us is looking for, uh, for the gold that should be found in the, the temple of the living God. So today, part one is Solomon's gold chains. So before gangsters and, and rappers, so we all see, you know, we all know that, that they love their, their thick gold chains, the gangsters with their through the car window. That's why they go hold the gun sideways because they're shooting it through a little slit in the window, apparently. Pow, pow, pow. And before rappers, you'll have big gold chains around their necks. Solomon was into thick gold chains too, but he used them for a different purpose. He didn't have them around his neck. So 1 Kings 6 verse 21, and I read this on Monday this week, and I would have read my Bible every day for at least 30 years and it, it amazes me the depth of the Word of God and how living it is and, and I know I would have read this so many times over these years and suddenly I see something I've never ever seen before and it's like a whole brand new revelation that awakened within me this series that we're going into today. Let me read it to you. Then Solomon overlaid the rest of the temple's interior with solid gold and he made gold chains to protect the entrance to the most holy place. So I want us to look at the gold chains today. The, the Solomon made gold chains to protect the entrance of the most holy place. And I'm going to give you some keys today so we can apply this to ourselves and to our lives, the gold chains. So the most holy place is in our heart it's where Jesus dwells. The most holy place is a place in our soul that Jesus dwells. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 16. Do you not know that you are a temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? And I want you to get a picture today of what kind of a temple that you're choosing to be. So Solomon's temple was a perfect example of a, of a godly ordained temple, a spirit-filled temple that was, it was uh, fully lined with gold. And it's a, it's a picture of a life fully dedicated to the work of God. So the most holy place in our heart is where Jesus dwells. Or we could also say is where Jesus desires to dwell. So 1 Corinthians 3.16 Do you not know that you are a temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? So there is a most holy place in our soul. 
that is infiltrated, that is sometimes polluted. It's a place Jesus so desires to have in your heart that he gave his life to cleanse it. He gave his life to cleanse that place, to keep it pure, to keep it holy. That's the part that he did. And there is that most holy place set apart for Jesus in every single person. And I want to give you four gold chains to protect the entrance to the most holy place of your heart. So the first one, and this is something that Jesus did for you. This is the part that God does for us. The gold chain of righteousness. It has three links. Matthew 6 verse 33 says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Seek first the kingdom and live righteously. So I want to, the, the, the three keys to this, to this point are, number one, a chain of salvation. A chain of salvation in Christ. Uh, that, that is, righteousness is credited when we believe. Mark, six, uh, Mark 16, verse 16, it says, Anyone who believes and is baptised will be saved. This is the part that Jesus does for you. Jesus makes a way for you by dealing with the sin that is uh, uh, polluting the temple of your soul. And Jesus came in and dealt with that. Then beyond that, there are things that we need to do because it says that Solomon made the gold chains. So there's a key point in that, that there's a part that God does for us and there's a part that we need to do for God and for ourselves. So the second part, is a chain of integrity. This is, this is a, another link to the chain of righteousness and, and it's what we've got to do for ourselves, a chain of integrity. Proverbs 10 verse 9 says, whoever walks in integrity walks securely. So if you want to have a secure life, if you want to have a, a stable life, then discover the power of integrity in your life. So it says this, um, a few keys here. Integrity can be found or can be described as honesty, respect, faithfulness, loyalty, humility, consistency, sincerity. When we actively pursue those key elements in our heart, we're creating a chain, a gold chain that, that um, allows the holy of holy, the most holy place in our soul to be inhabited by the Lord. The chain of integrity uh, is really important. The, the another, another point there under righteousness is a chain of honour. Matthew 7 verse 12 says, treat others, I'll, I'll paraphrase this, treat others how you want to be treated. Matthew 22 verses 37 to 39 says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul and mind and also love others as yourself. And so love the Lord and love other people. It's a chain of honour. So a gold chain of righteousness protects the entrance to the most holy place of the heart. And we can see so, so many ways that we can apply the chain of righteousness across the, the, the doorway of our heart. Number two is a gold chain of service or the gold chain of serving. So Galatians 5.13 tells us to use our freedom to serve one another 
in love. Matthew 24 verse 45 says a sensible, faithful servant will be rewarded. The, those, the, the servant who is found serving will be rewarded by the Lord. Romans 12.5 says we are all part of the body. Go on to 1 Corinthians 12.12. 12, talks about each part of the body having a purpose. So Jesus wants to connect us into a purpose, wants to connect us into a body that functions, that serves one another and serves the world. So serving is a sacrifice that elevates others. Serving keeps our heart unselfish. And serving is a result of a redeemed life. It's not the way to be redeemed. Don't make the mistake of thinking, well, I'm serving God, I'm doing all these things, I'm reading my Bible, I'm praying, I'm, I'm doing all these steps and I'm helping all these people because I'm trying to redeem myself. No, serving is a result of a redeemed life. It's not how we get redeemed. So we need to see that thing. But there's a gold chain of service that protects the entrance of the ho most holy place of our heart it, because it, it's putting others before ourselves, others before our own needs. It protects our heart. Third, third key I want us to see today is a gold chain of worship. It's very closely to, related to the, to the gold chain of service, but um, maybe they, they, could be, they could almost be together, but they are a little bit different. There is a gold chain of worship, and worship keeps our attention on the goodness of Jesus. We sung all those old songs today. I'm going to bring you one from my, from my Sunday school days. And it goes, it's a, it's a theme of worship here. Erica, you're looking very concerned about this. It goes, if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. If you're happy and you know it, then you really ought to show it. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. Thank you. We used to have the other verse, if you're happy and you know it, stamp your feet, like that. And, and they'd make up other ones as you go. You could be happy and you not do whatever you want, twirl around, kick the person next to you. If you're happy and you know it, do whatever. Acts chapter 2 verse 46 says, this is the early church, a great picture of the early church. If you want to know how we ought to... Uh, be as a people of God, the early church is a great place to start. It says this, they worshipped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. Now I do want to make some, some, some statements here today and I hope I don't offend everybody, but it says they worshipped together at the temple each day. Now the re this is pre, this is, uh, sorry, just after the day of Pentecost, there was 120 in the upper room. That was how, how many believers there were up until this point. Then suddenly the Holy Ghost fell upon them all and they hit the streets and began to preach and Peter preached a message. 3,000 people got saved that day and were added to the church. That's 3,120 people were in the church. So right from the very start of the church, it was a mega church. So there's nothing spiritual or awesome about saying, well, we're just little, we just love it like here, just our own little friends. No, the, the whole essence of the church it was a mega church right from the very first the very first launch and then it says they worshiped together at the temple it was the only place big enough to fit that many people so they were dedicated to this task of coming together then because others misinterpret this and say and they said they met in homes. so 
it's not one or the other, it's both. So we have life groups in the church that meet in homes because it's another element of coming together to disciple each other, to grow, to develop, to, to produce the gold in each other is we meet in homes as well. It's not one or the other. I think it's a mistake to say we only go this direction or we only have this direction. It's together. And they met for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. So there's a couple of things I want us to see here. The first one is they worshipped Jesus together. There's a great power that happens when the church comes together to lift up the name of Jesus and to praise and worship him together. I believe there's a spiritual atmosphere is created that uh, breaks, breaks things in the spiritual realm that allows heaven to be open in our, in our meetings. The second thing it says, they shared generously and with great joy. So uh, a chain of... Uh, uh, a chain of worship is it protects the most holy place in our heart and allows the Spirit of God to move. So they shared generously and with great joy. The gold chain of worship protects the entrance to the most holy place of the heart. It's one of the chains that we can create that protects that place. The fourth one is the gold chain of discipleship. And that is our highest goal, is to follow Jesus. And that is, that, that is the, the, I guess, the, the thing that we ought to be focused upon as a believer, is to be a, a dedicated follower of Jesus, and whatever that means. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. All the believers were de uh, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, and to fellowship, and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. See, the chain of the word, teaching and learning. So I think there's, there's two elements to this. Is we all, all of us need to be at a place where we're constantly learning and we're, we're, we're seeking ways to learn. We're thinking others to learn from. And there's also that we, no matter what stage of, of life we're in, in our spiritual walk, we can be teaching others. We can be there for somebody else. So we've learned so much and we can pass that on to someone else. So there's always going to be someone around us that we can either learn from or, or teach some things. So it's really important that we learn that um, we need the Word of God. Devote ourselves to, to hearing and knowing and learning the Word of God. There's also, a, a, in discipleship, there's a chain of prayer. One of the most powerful things that we have at our disposal is the weapon of prayer. And there is again another powerful thing that happens when the church comes together and prays together, faith-filled, powerful, anointed prayers, then totally everything can change. When, when you isolate yourself, when you're, when you're one little spark all, all by yourself, you're going to burn out real quick. But when we get a whole, a whole room full of embers, then the Holy Ghost begins to blow on those prayers, begins to uh, blow through those things. And we see that the fire of God begins to fire up in and around us. A chain of prayer. Another chain that we have in the chain of discipleship is a chain of fellowship, of being together. You know, there's, there's life groups, there's church, there's many different ways in which we can connect ourselves to others in a chain of fellowship. Because there's a gold chain of discipleship. 
It protects the entrance to the most holy place of the heart. It protects that entranceway. Can I ask the musicians to come and join me again? So in this illustration here, we've seen in these gold chains that Solomon, Solomon made to protect the entrance of the most holy place. And I believe that, that that's a message to us today. To create chains in our life that protect the most holy place for the Lord in our heart. It's to create a place of dwelling for encounters with the Holy Spirit. I want to just ask you to close your eyes this morning. And we need to ask ourselves some questions. And perhaps even ask Jesus into the holy, the most holy place of our life. Because if we're honest, there's so many ways and so many things that we can replace Jesus at, at that place where He should be in our life. And we need to uh, take back what has been unguarded and cleanse again the most holy place and then put some things in place to say Jesus I want you to stay in that place in my life I want to have that place clear I want that place to be a place of your dwelling in my life we can decide to make some gold chains to protect that place so that it can't get filled with other things polluted filled up with things that aren't supposed to be there let me pray for you this morning church and I know that that you could be here and very personally the Holy Spirit might have been revealing some things to you today as I've spoken about what's been in your most holy place today Jesus wants to return again Jesus wants to come into that most holy place perhaps you set out on a journey many years ago and things happened, things got in the way and you allowed other things the the chain was removed that kept the most holy place of your spirit and your soul and other things took the place where Jesus wants to be don't allow another day to go by with something else sitting in the seat of the most holy place of your heart Allow Jesus back into that place. Let me pray for you this morning. Lord, I just pray today for your church. I pray today that we may make a gold chain of worship as part of our life that protects the holy place. Lord, I pray for a gold chain of service in our lives, again, that protects the holy place of our heart. Lord, we pray for a gold chain of righteousness. Lord, the gold chain of of your spirit that protects the entrance to the holy place of our heart. I pray, Lord God, that you cleanse us. Begin to deal with those hidden things that perhaps others don't see. But Lord, I just pray today in Jesus' name that you produce the gold, that you recreate within us, Lord God, a temple that is dedicated 
for the work of the service of Jesus Christ in our lives. Lord, we just pray, have your, have your seat again at the most holy place in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray over our church, Lord, we, and ask Jesus be the center of the most holy place in this church. We pray again, Lord, and say sometimes we, we may have focused our attention on things that weren't the, the priority. We've allowed other things to sneak in take the most holy place away from your service so we just pray have your way again Lord we we want to create gold chains we want to make gold chains that protect the most holy place in our hearts again today in Jesus name so perhaps